Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Get Real with Coach Dave Taylor. We are here once again providing you with some uh, hopeful knowledge on the road of sports. We talk about, uh, you know, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, every sport there is. We talk to you on a different level. We try to keep it politically incorrect. You know, we'll just tell you the truth, tell you what I think, tell you how I feel. You can make your own judgments, own assessments, go from there. Uh, but we we're, we talk to you once a week on the happenings of the previous week or preview certain things and and uh, tell you what my feelings are, and then we kind of go from there. And You know, we're living in troubled times now, and, and you would hope that sports would help bring us together, but I don't think it's always doing that. And we'll dive a little bit into that as well. You know what? You know, my biggest thing is is uh, I think sports is the most valuable tool a young person will have with regards to uh, their life development, meaning you learn life lessons through sports. And I think sports is the one area in life where you should be able to play, meaning it should be based on talent. It should be based on skill. Now, that's not the case, of course, because of the quality of coaches. And, you know, you've got coaches like myself who don't play politics and tell you the way it is, and if you don't like it, you can move on. Or you have other kids or the coaches that, you know, are playing politically correct as far as, you know, this guy's a big donor. His son's going to play uh this is my son. He plays. This is my son's best friend. He plays. Uh, this is the principal's kid. He plays. Uh, this kid's brother's really good, so I want him to play so his brother will come here. So, you know, in, in, you would hope that sports would, would refrain from those types of coaches, but we have those coaches. And we have coaches that primarily want to win and don't want to do what the right thing is and you know, and, and there's only so much you can do. I mean, it, it, the, the coach like myself who does things the right way as far as I'll play the kids that deserve to play. I'm not going to play the players all the time. I'm not going to uh, play politics. I don't care what the parents think. Those kind of coaches are rare. And you would hope that when you watch – sports on TV that the best coaches in the industry would emulate that type of coach. Meaning if you're a bad coach, you don't play for me. I mean, if you're a bad kid, you don't play for me. If you're a bad person, you don't play for me. If you have a drug problem, you're cut. If you commit a crime, you're cut. If you don't get good grades, you're cut. If you talk back to the coach, you're cut. If you mispractice, you're benched. You know, little things that you would hope would send messages to kids that would make coaching easier. But it's almost the exact opposite. Take Bill Belichick. Nobody talks about Bill Belichick in a negative light. Uh, They might, you know, with regards to his personality. But I have never been more disappointed in a coach than I am in him. And here's my point. I'm not, I don't, I don't love, you know, I love what kind of coach he is as far as the, the, the coach he is on the field. And I love his motto of do your job. 
but I think he's on, he, he's closer to Jerry Jones than he is to John Wooden. And Jerry Jones, his big thing is, um, I want to win. So Jerry Jones signs domestic abusers, signs people who have committed crimes and been arrested. He doesn't care. He does not care what kind of person you are. And he'll use that, 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 that line of, well, I'm, I'm here to give him a second chance. That's a bunch of crap. He's not there to give anybody a second chance. Okay, well, what about a guy who's not very good and he commits a crime? Are you going to give him a second chance? Of course not. He wants to win at all costs. And he does not care if you are a murderer or a, con- uh, a convicted criminal or an abuser. He does not care. If you can help him win, he'll sign you. And that's what Belichick is. Belichick doesn't need to be that guy. Belichick wins without those guys. Jerry Jones does not. So you could almost see Jerry Jones' point like, well, I can't win. I got to bring in the best players because we're not going to win. But what does Bill Belichick do? They have the best team in football. You have a guy that has committed multiple, allegedly, has had multiple DUI incidents. He has one that's so bad, he's like three times the legal limit. He's passed out on his steering wheel at like two in the morning at a street light. In other words, he's got a loaded weapon in that car. By that I mean that car is the loaded weapon. That car being driven by a drunk to kill an innocent family of four who is doing nothing wrong. So what does Arizona do? Arizona does the right thing. They cut him immediately. What does Belichick do? He signs him. So what's the moral of that story? Hey, if you're on a bad team and you want to be uh, released and go to a good team, have a DUI incident, commit a crime, team will cut you, and then you can be picked up by the best team and get, a, get yourself a Super Bowl ring. This isn't the first time he's done it. I believe it's LeGarrette Blunt who was on the Steelers, and Tomlin told him to go in, and he said no because he thought he should start or he thought he should have played more or whatever his reason was. Something to that extent, allegedly. He refused to go in. Who picked him up? The Steelers. I mean, the, the, the Patriots. Steelers cut him. As soon as that happened, Steelers cut him. Belichick signs him. Now, in the case of Floyd, he does not need Floyd. But he signs him anyways. How do you sign? Okay, LeGarrette Blunt, idiot, says no, whatever. I was against that too. But, you know, okay. But when you got a guy passed out drunk three times the legal limit, and this is not his first incident, and you pick him up, what does that say about you? What does that say about you as a coach? I lost respect for him. I love the Steelers because you saw what happened with Brown. 
Paul Miller came out and basically said, that's why great players get traded. And we don't want that to happen here. But he basically sent a message out that if it happens again, we're going to trade you. I bet you if he does that again, I bet you if Brown does something like this again, he's cut. Don't be shocked if he's not traded this season. Don't be shocked if he's not traded at the end of the year. There have been other great receivers that the Steelers had, like Wallace, who have been dealt, traded, cut, and became nothing. The Steelers do it the right way. To me, this game coming up is good versus bad. Now, the Patriots will win the game. There's all kinds of problems in the locker room with Pittsburgh because of Brown. There's a flu bug hitting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Patriots are better. They're at home. Uh, the, the, the game should be won by the, by the Patriots. But if there is any kind of football god or, or sports god out there looking down on the world of sports, the Steelers would win this game because this would be a great sign. And the greatest thing that would happen would be if Floyd was running in for the game-winning touchdown and fumbles it and they lose the game. That would be the ultimate. That would be Tim Tebow-like. I think Tebow was the best thing to happen in the NFL in a long time. And we saw where that went. So, again... It makes my job harder. I told to disrespect your coach, not refuse his, his uh, direction. LeBlunt does it, goes to the Patriots. So when I tell a kid that, he could say to me, well, Bill Belichick's the best coach in the NFL, and he seems to think it's okay. Hey, don't drink and drive. Don't drink. You're not illegally allowed to drink. And don't get drunk. And you did a, well, why not? Uh, Belichick says that it's okay. I mean, this guy was passed out drunk three times the legal limit. And uh, Belichick said, come on in. I've been on this rant before, but it's been a while. I think the world of sports needs stronger commissioners, stronger player unions. Let's just again play the devil's advocate here. And let's say that now Floyd, uh, after they win this game on Sunday, goes out and parties, gets drunk, gets behind the wheel, drives, and this time doesn't pass out, but this time crashes into an innocent family of four. And they are all killed. Now what are you going to say? We're going to give him a second chance? We believe in him? He deserves another opportunity? And if that happens, I would file charges against Bill Belichick and the NFL. If I was, if my wife and three kids were driving home from a, a late night at their grandparents, and this idiot's driving on the wrong side of the road three times the legal limit, Kills my entire family. Um, the, the first person I'm running to is Belichick. I would file a $100 billion lawsuit against Bill Belichick, the NFL, and I don't really care about that guy because he's going to be in jail. But I will sue the NFL and Bill Belichick for being enablers, for not doing something about it. 
for saying that it's okay. It's okay that you drove three times the legal limit. Come play for me and get a ring. It's okay. I'm glad you did it because now I get you for free. The Patriots had a murderer on their team that they knew had questionable ethics and morals when they drafted him. They don't care. Commissioner, who's a coward, the NBA commissioner, who's a bigger coward, every commissioner in sports should have in their laws, bylaws, agreements, contracts, if you are convicted of a crime, you are banned from the sport for life. This is not a right given to you. This is an honor. This is a privilege. Like in gambling. There's that rule in gambling. In baseball, if you gamble, you're out for life. I think it's that way in every sport. If you gamble on basketball games, even if you're not playing in them, you're banned for life. What's worse, gambling on a game or killing somebody? For me, if I'm commissioner... It's in the rules. If you are convicted of a DUI, you are out of the league forever. You would have a lot less drinking and driving. That's for sure. Uber, dumb as these guys are, I don't think they're going to risk the millions of dollars driving home. Why would you not risk it now? If you drive home drunk now, you could go play for the Patriots. You get caught drinking and driving, you are immediately suspended until further review. If you get arrested for a DUI, you are immediately suspended with pay. If it comes back that they did your blood test and you were did an alcohol test and you're three times the legal limit, you're done. Contract voided out and you are gone. If you go to rehab, you're fine. If you drink and don't drive, that's okay. You know this going in, so I have no sympathy for you. I have more sympathy for the steroid guys. Nobody ever told Barry Bonds. There was no rule in baseball that said, if you take steroids, you are out. There was no such rule. There was no such testing. Pete Rose, on the other hand, he knew the rule. You gamble, you're gone. He thought he was above the law. He thought, I'm the great Pete Rose. Even if they catch me, they're not going to bust me. But he knew what he was doing going in. Everyone knows. I have no sympathy for Pete Rose. He does not belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. I know I'm in the minority. But he knew what he was doing. Roger Clemens... He took steroids, but he didn't realize at the time because there was no testing or bans. Hey, you know, if I got caught, oh, well. 50-game suspension now, who cares? If you said, if you get caught taking steroids, you are banned from the game for life, I think you'd have a lot less people taking steroids. If you said, if you are caught taking steroids, you are banned for life, you would have 98% less steroid abuse in the league. It's about consequences. 
The NBA, the NFL has a lot of issues. Nobody wants to play football at the younger age for concussions. There's a concussion thing going on. There's CTE. There's all kinds of negativity, abuse, rape, crimes. The NFL has an image problem. So what do they do to fix that image? You get caught, passed out at the wheel at a red light, and you get tested, and you are three times the legal limit. And there is video proof. And what happens to you? What's your punishment? Your punishment is you will play in the Super Bowl and win a ring. Hernandez gets released from prison on a technicality. He would be playing for the Patriots next week. If we know you committed the murder, but there was a technicality here that you get off on, Bill Belichick would sign you tomorrow. And then what do they say when they get called out? Oh, we believe in giving guys second chances. Really? Well, first of all, I don't think it's his second chance. I think it's like his fourth. Um, uh, third of all, uh, how, would you give a guy a second chance if he wasn't very good? Why don't you give a second chance to a guy who, who tells you to F off? It's a lie. It's a crock. If you had a kid and he's 17, okay, give him a second chance. You got a grown man who's done this multiple times, and you're saying you're going to give him a second chance, you're going to try and make him better, then you're a clown. Because of that alone, I root against them. They're going to win, but I root against them. I'll be the happiest man in the world if they lose. LeBron, I think he's overrated, but he's not that guy. He's not a bad person. I think what Belichick did was send a message to hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of guys, millions of kids saying, it's okay to drink and drive. You can play for me. I just want to win. I'm Jerry Jones. I think Coach K, to a lesser extent, did the same thing. Go ahead and trip a guy. I'm going to suspend you for one game only because everyone's mad. But I'm going to, I'm going to just sit you down for one game. Go ahead and keep playing unsportsmanlike and trip, guys. Don't tell me we don't know who he is. It's not about that. Let's say the kid really does have a problem. If the kid has a legitimate problem, then he'll do it again. If he does it again, then I'll say he's got a mental problem. If he doesn't do it again, then he has no problem. It's just a spoiled brat that doesn't accept getting beat and and lashes out. But if I was Coach K, this is what I would say. Even if I had things that I knew behind the scenes, even if Coach K knows that behind the scenes this guy has a problem, I would have called him in and said, listen, Grayson, here's the deal. I know you have a bit of a problem. I've tried to look past it. I've tried to work with it, and it's not working. Now, my issue is I'm the number one college coach in the country. Next to John Wooden, I will probably go down as the second greatest college basketball coach of all time. It's possible. Therefore, a lot of people are looking at me. A lot of other coaches that are starting out in this business are looking at me for guidance. They're looking at me for how would I handle this situation type of 
mentorship. Now, I'm not going to reveal the private conversations you and I have. I'm not going to tell them that you have a mental problem. But I have to send a message to all those young coaches and all those young kids that you can't trip somebody and then hide behind the fact that you have a mental problem, whether you do or don't. Therefore, I have to here. And it has to be a message where the youth of America see that this type of behavior will not be tolerated. I am going to suspend you for 10 games. Well, you're still going to come back and be able to finish the year. And we're still going to go to the playoffs, and we're still going to be a very good team, and we're still going to possibly win a national championship. But I have to do this. You might not think it's fair. It might not be something you need to do or you believe is right. But I need to do it. Because I have other coaches and players watching what I do, and then they will emulate me. And if I don't do anything more than a one-game suspension, then some kid's going to spit on another player, trip them, push them in the back, punch them, and then he's going to say, well, Grayson Allen does it, so I should just get a one-game suspension. If that's what Coach K thinks and Duke, then why don't I think it too? So I have to send a message. It would have been great if Bill Belichick said, no, we wanted to sign Floyd, and then we realized that the drunken driving charge was legit. He was three times the legal limit. He was found on that. Uh, Because of that, we're going to release him because we at New England don't sign players that drive drunk. In fact, I would hope nobody does because here in the NFL, we believe in life and safety before wins. And we don't feel it's right that a player can be three times the legal limit and still play in this league. That'll never happen. These things don't happen anymore. It happens in Pittsburgh. It happened in Arizona. And those teams don't get commended and and congratulated enough. Instead, they lose because they did the right thing. And then Belichick wins, and everyone pumps him up. But it's because he brings in the bad people. He deserves to lose. And I hope he does lose. Jerry Jones deserved to lose. Jerry Jones is a dirt ball. Egomaniac that thinks he knows everything and brings in bad people and finds a way to lose. That's why I'm happy when the Cowboys lose. Because Jerry Jones is an egomaniac that thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he'll bring in all these dirt balls and he don't care. He loses. But what my point is, as a coach of young players and a mentor to other coaches like I am, it's hard to speak the truth and tell people the right thing to do when the highest levels don't do that. I think Popovich will cut a guy if he was a drunk driver on his team. I think you release him. Would you release him if he was Steph Curry? Of course not. Guys aren't going to do that. It's a business. It's money. So you hope that maybe while they're growing up, they learn right versus wrong, and they understand as players not to drink and drive. Come out of the league. I think that'd be the greatest thing for coaches because a coach can't release a Steph Curry for being a drunk driver. It's very difficult to do that. You're committing like a suicide within your organization. 
But if they banned him from the league where once he's been released, he can no longer play with anyone else, well, that's a done deal. That's easy now. Well, he's not going to hurt us. He's going to hurt our organization, but he's not going to go play for, you know, the Cavs and come back and beat us. And then you see sports is the one place where you should have things that are done the right way. And then you see things like Tebow where it's a political thing. People don't like him. People don't respect him. People think this, think that. And then he gets, he gets kind of blackballed. And that bleeds into society. See, in society, I, I always believe that politics and society should be run more like a sports organization or program. But I'm not sure I believe that anymore. My point is, Kenny Smith said on Inside the NBA that the first time he ever hugged or, or even knew a white guy was on the basketball court. Now we've got these people that are all saying Trump's a racist. Well, where's the proof? Or he's a sexist. He has daughters. I mean, where's the proof? Show me the proof. Yeah, he's a ladies' man. Yeah, he thinks he is, or he, 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 he might talk down about women in a sexual way before he was a politician. But most men do. They're, most men are pigs. So that's normal. Where's the proof? And then he brings in Steve Harvey or he brings in Kanye West or he brings in Jim Brown. And, they, and then the African-American community calls those guys Uncle Toms. Who's the racist now? Presidential inauguration. What's the point of that? It's like in basketball or sports. You lose a game and you refuse to shake hands. Well, what, what's, all, what's that about? Or you go complain to the refs that you didn't lose, that it's the referees that cost you the game, and then you, you refuse to shake hands and you run around and you blame everybody else but you, and we're not going to shake hands. This guy's a cheater. He's a liar. They, shouldn't, they didn't really beat us. That's all you see now. We don't believe that the election, the election was, was, was this, was that. It's a bunch. You know what it shows me? It shows me that the liberals really are the racists. They're the ones that are saying, we don't like him. We're protesting him. He's this, he's that. Show me where he was a, because he wants to deport illegal aliens. That's why he's a racist. Is that why? It seems to me that he meets with Jim Brown. Jim Brown is one of the ultimate men and one of the leaders of the African-American community. He is a big-time dude. He has no problem with him. Steve Harvey came out with him. him. Kanye West, I would say, is is 1,000% a pro-African-American. They don't seem to have a problem with him. When you sit down and talk to the guy, there doesn't seem to be a problem. He's trying to make a difference, and you're going to just have a preconceived notion that he's a racist and not go talk to him. And you're throwing out Uncle Tom this and Uncle Tom that. How about that? that the, the, the bunch of uh, college students that were going to go down and perform at the band? I forgot what school they're from, South Alabama or something like that. Some school in Alabama. And then as soon as they announce they're going to go perform at the inauguration, they get a bunch of death threats and people saying the guy should be fired because he's an Uncle Tom. I mean, what is that? What is that? And our leaders, our, our government, our elected leaders are going to say, we are not going to go to the inauguration because we are protesting 
that our girl didn't win? What? Sports that will be looked down upon. The Ryder and Sienna game where the Ryder coach walked off, the, the loser sports center announcer was saying, that's bad sportsmanship. That's bad. Well, you're seeing it done in the political world. How are these people, why are these people protesting the inauguration? That's bad sportsmanship. That's saying, I don't agree with what happened, and I quit. What a clown. Screw these guys. I wish they would get voted out of office. That's why politics is a joke. That's why we all hate politicians, because they don't do the right thing. They're not sitting there saying, you know what, our, our, our party didn't win. We didn't win the way we wanted to. We didn't have this election go the way we wanted to. But we accept what the people decided. We're going to support this president. We're all one country under one leader. We're going to do our best. Yeah, we're going to fight. We're going to compete. We're going to, we're going to say that we don't agree with these policies. We're going to do it the democratic way. But we're going to be on the same team. We're going to support each other. They didn't do it for Obama, and they're not doing it now. The Republicans did the same thing to Obama. The Democrats are doing it now to Trump. And there's no solution on the horizon because there is no leadership. Because no one's a leader. We, this country lacks leaders. There's no more John Woodens. General Patton, Martin Luther King. We're, we need Martin Luther King, JFK. How great would Obama be if he said this? My God, if Obama went, how come he doesn't have advisors that tell him this? His advisors are as big an idiot as any human being on the planet. Whoever's advising Obama is as stupid as a human being can be. I'm advising Obama. He's going out with a 100% approval rating, and he has just mended the country. Because this is what Obama should have said in his last press conference. Uh, The question is, um, what do I think about the people that are protesting the uh, inauguration? Here's what I think. You don't have to agree with the election. You don't have to like the way the election went. But you, you have to support your president. Protesting is immature. Unreplicants made it very difficult for me. Therefore, government kind of got stalled. The, the process was delayed. Things weren't done. Government was inefficient because Republicans were fighting with Democrats and vice versa. And it just stalled everything and nothing got done. And I, did, I was not able to implement some of the programs I wanted to implement because the idiot Republicans – just regardless of what I threw out there, even if it was a pro-Republican stance, they would not accept it. So here we are eight years later, and it's the same thing, just on the reverse side. Donald Trump was going to have to go through the same kind of treatment that I had to go through. And government's not going to get done, and people aren't going to be served, and the country's not going to improve. And as I leave office, I am trying to tell my fellow Democrats to grow up to be better than the Republicans, to show up to the inauguration. You don't have to have fun. You don't have to dance, but be there. Be present. When the inauguration is done, you can go home and get to work on fighting the Republicans on matters that you think matter, on matters that you think count. Don't just be so, so divided politically that no matter what Donald Trump throws out there, you're against it. That's what happened to me. I believe that no matter what I put out there, there were some Republicans that just were not going to back me. 
We're not going to back it. Just, just because I presented it. If Mitch McConnell had presented it, they'd support it. That's where we're going wrong. That's why we are not a great country. That's why we struggle. So as Democrats, let's be better than that. Let's show up. Let's get to work for the American people. Let's make a difference. Let's fix government. And then in four years, we'll see where we land. And we'll bring out a better candidate, and hopefully we'll win the presidency back. But we didn't lose because of the Russians. We didn't lose the, 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 the election because of anything other than the fact that we had a flawed candidate. That's the reality. He outworked us. He outplayed us. He outcoached us. He won. He beat us. Much like in a game of basketball, sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Sometimes in, ba- in football, the best team doesn't always win. Alabama was the best team. They didn't win. Clemson did. Sometimes in life, the best team doesn't always win. Sometimes the, the second best team or second best candidate outworks the first, has a couple lucky breaks. The lucky break that the candidate had this year was that they had a flawed candidate they were going up against. They had somebody that had committed many crimes and did things wrong and lied and was a flawed candidate. But we can't just uh, we can't just not show up to the inauguration. That's disrespectful to the country. And you have a responsibility as a leader. If you're a normal citizen and you want to boycott, that's your right. If you're a, a, a businessman, a business leader, if you're a community leader, that's fine. You can do what you want. If you are an elected official, you show up. And then you can leave right away. But this is ridiculous. And I'm going to leave on that note that this country is divided. And I can tell you from firsthand knowledge that it's tough to lead when you have partisan politics going on. So let's stop it. And then he drops the mic and he leaves. And by the way, I think he has dropped the mic and left in certain events before. So again, if he had done that, I would go buy an Obama shirt tomorrow and wear it for a month. But no one's that kind of leader. You can't be that kind of leader today because you might offend somebody. Well, if you're President Obama and you're going to be a multi, 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 multi millionaire and your days are done governing, you don't have to worry about anyone else. You shouldn't have to play politics. I like Obama. I think he's a great, charismatic guy, but I think he's, he's weak. He's a weak man. He's kind of a sissy. He's soft. He does the red line stuff and then backpedals. He's a coward, my opinion. But a great man as far as represents himself well, well-read, well-spoken, motivational. But when push comes to shove, he's not going to make the tough call, usually. I mean, he has drone strikes and all that. He does a good job on that. But, the, you know, he kind of come off looking a little weak. You gave that speech right there, you'd be a man. But we don't have leaders like that. What would Martin Luther King do? He'd show up. Oh, yeah, Martin Luther King show up. Martin Luther King's not going to riot. He's not going to loot. He's not going to set fire to buildings in his own community. He's not, he's not an idiot. He's not going to be so upset he's going to go firebomb uh, African-American-owned uh, liquor store. I mean, he's not that idiotic. He's going to go looting. And you would think in sports, we, we would be able to avoid that. 
because of the Bill Belichick's of the world, where it's all about winning. I don't care. Commit crimes. Who cares? Just win, baby. So moving on into the world of sports. Uh, the Dallas Green Bay game was one of the best games I've seen. I give it up to Dallas. I give it up to that offensive line. I agree with what uh, Brandon Marshall said. Ezekiel Elliott is not the best running back in the league. It's not even close. That, that offensive line is so dominant. You could take anybody back there. Murray led the league in rushing two years ago. I mean, any running back can go there and just lead the league in rushing. A running back is usually overrated. The running backs that start in these games are like undrafted or late-round picks. It, it, running backs are overrated. Ezekiel Elliott is very good, but he's not the reason why. He's not the reason why he led the league in rushing. That offensive line is. I think Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott is the future. He looks good. He looks tough mentally. You've got to trade Romo or they're going to release him because of that salary. He should be in Denver or Houston. He should go to Houston. It's an easy move. Probably doesn't have to move. He should just go down to Houston. Team is a Super Bowl contender with that defense. Don't forget that defense was the number one defense in the NFL for yards allowed, I believe, without J.J. Watt. I go to Houston tomorrow. And if you're Dallas, you could trade him to Houston because you wouldn't face him until the Super Bowl. But that game was phenomenal. And you say what you want about Rodgers. That throw, he barely flicks it. He flicked it going to his left. Now, that was a great throw, but it was a better catch. But my Lord, that dude's just got a cannon. I mean, how does he throw that pass? He barely flicks it going to his left. He, he is the best thrower of the ball since Dan Marino. I think with the injuries at wide receiver, could be Atlanta's time. Atlanta's not going to win the Super Bowl. Green Bay could because those receivers will come back. So if Atlanta wins, which I do think they will, based on the injuries at wide receiver, and Atlanta's got an explosive offense, but Atlanta has no chance in the Super Bowl. I want to win for Rex, for uh, Ryan. I think Ryan is a is a over underrated, underappreciated quarterback. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but I think he's better than most. How Jones does. I think Jones is injury prone. We'll see. But I'd like to see some new blood in there. I would love for Atlanta to win the Super Bowl. Get some new blood in there. That was one of the top five games I've seen in the long, in the last decade. The Niners uh, Seahawks game is up there. The Super Bowl game where the Patriots won. There's been some great football games. That was a great one. Three 50-yard field goals in the last two minutes, I think. Thank you for the dome. That goes on to this other point I have. If you want to be an elite team, if you want to be a team that, that has a chance to win a championship, you really do have to have a great uh, kicker. You got a guy that misses extra points and can't make 40-yard field goals, you're done. 
Those guys are, each of them, kicking 50-yard field goals. Under pressure. Carrie Champion on uh, Sports Center. She's one of the top five uh, most attractive women in the world. She's an athlete. She's sports knowledgeable. An amazing smile. That, that woman, big time. I'll watch Sports Center because of her. And she does the early morning, mid afternoon shifts, but she's out in LA. She went to UCLA, I believe, so that's probably another reason why. She's big time. Just put that out there. The Patriots are the best team in football. They're playing at home. Tom Brady is amazing. I think Pittsburgh has better weapons, but now with the flu and everything else, I think it's going to be a great game. But the Patriots are going to win. And they're going to win the Super Bowl because of Brady. I think Gronk could be back for the Super Bowl. Am I mistaken on that? I don't know. But these games are going to be fun to watch. Patriots had and traded because of a personality conflict or whatever. Uh, looks like the Browns might re-sign him. Manziel says he's going to try and come back, please. Even off of drugs, he's not very good. The Raiders moving to, to Vegas. What is going on? I wish the San Diego Chargers were in San Diego. Oakland was in Oakland. I wish L.A. had their own team and St. Louis had a team. The Rams are hideous. The Chargers are better than the Rams, but they play in a tougher division. So now we have two teams in L.A. and a team in Vegas. They're not going to Vegas until 2020. Now, if they get voted in, of course, it's still vote pending, but I'm sure they're going to vote a yes on that. So you have a team in Vegas and then two teams in L.A. Uh, whatever. Billion-dollar stadiums. I think that the, that the Packers could win because of, of Rodgers. He's that good. And if you jump on Atlanta early and put the pressure on them, they've never been there before, they might choke. Atlanta barely beat them earlier in the year. But Green Bay missing out on those receivers is, is pretty huge. There's a rumor that Romo might go to the Chiefs. I don't think the quarterback is the Chiefs' problem. For Romo, is Houston. The second best is Denver. End of discussion. Stop talking about it. This is big for Matt Ryan. This puts him on the map. You know, as great as Rodgers is, he only has one Super Bowl. You know, and, and the, the Patriots talk a lot of trash. Like Roethlisberger doesn't have multiple Super Bowl rings. If I was at a press conference with Bill Belichick, so can you explain the reasons why you would sign a drunk driver? Oh, well, we don't believe he's been convicted yet, and uh, we always believe in giving a kid a second chance. He made a mistake. He made a mistake, so we're here to try to, you know, oh, whatever. Shut up. Made a mistake. We're here to well, shut that. You want to win. That's why you brought him in. Don't act like you're giving this guy. You're a humanitarian. Yeah, Nobel Peace Prize winner. Let's give him a Nobel Peace Prize. Let's do that. You're amazing, Belichick. You're amazing. 
shut up. Could feed me the rhetoric. By the way, I, I we're going to start getting into the draft later. But everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, right? Everyone's jumping on that Deshaun Watson bandwagon. I don't think he's going to be that good, so I'm not jumping on it. Yeah, he had a great couple games and championship games, but he still didn't make great decisions, doesn't throw a great ball, lives outside the pocket. Okay, do what you got to do, but he's not the answer. My prediction. I've been wrong before, but I don't see that guy. He, I don't think he's as good as RG3. Bunch of morons just hyping it up, just getting after it. A New England-Atlanta Super Bowl is kind of boring. A New England-Green Bay is marketable. Uh, Pittsburgh-Green Bay has been there before. Marketable. The Matt Ryan-Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl is going to be a bore fest. But I still want them to win. NBA, how you like the uh, – I guess the Bulls are looking to bring in Bosch. Everyone, everyone's looking to trade everybody now because you all know you have no chance of winning. So everyone's going to look to get rid of these big contracts and just start over and just wait it out until LeBron's gone. He's got two more years. Uh, Westbrook not getting voted in is going to make him even play angrier, if that's possible. which I, I don't think is possible. But he's going to play even angrier. LeBron calls Popovich greatest coach of all time. I can't really argue that. He's one with less than, than Phil Jackson. Easy to win when you have Michael and Kobe and Shaq. Pippen. Everybody's looking to get rid of players. And now with the Clippers injuries... You're looking at three contenders. The Toronto Raptors, if they went out and made a trade for Brooke Lopez or – not Brooke. Uh, what's the other, the other Lopez? Is it Brooke? Rob? No, it is Brooke. If they go out and make trade and get like a Lopez or if they got a Bosch or – if Toronto got somebody that could another, – another big that could play or a wing, they might be that fourth team. Clippers might be that four team still if everybody comes back healthy and they make a push because they might be rested. But this is the second year in a row that you might need to start over. Minnesota's playing better. There, there's, there's, something has to happen in the NBA. Because Rudy Gay's out for the Kings, that probably just kills their chances. Kings had a minor chance before that, a game out of the playoff spot. Seven teams are pretty much locked in. Then you got five teams fighting for one spot. And right now Denver's in. That's how bad it is. At seven games under 500. Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, Suns. The team that should get in there is Portland. They're the best team of those non-playoff teams, and it's not even close. How they are 500 is beyond me. 
The seventh seed is six games over 500, Oklahoma City. The eighth seed is seven games under. Houston's looking better. James Harden's playing pretty good. And, I, and I'm really happy for D'Antonio. For D'Antonio. He, he got so smashed in L.A. and so disrespected. Now everyone's saying, oh, coach of the year. When he was in L.A., he was an idiot. He was horrible. Fire him. He's a jerk. Now he goes somewhere where people actually play hard. Oh, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Amazing job. Best offensive coach in the game. Blah, 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 blah. Bunch of hypocrites. In the East, Atlanta sucks. And they're fourth. Boston should be a, a, a factor if they, like Toronto, could go out and get a couple guys. If they got a, a Lopez or if they got a Bosch or if they got a Cousins or if they got somebody legit, then maybe they're a legit team. Right now, there there's no chance. Cavs don't even care. The, the NBA season is over, everybody. I want to see Golden State versus San Antonio, and that'll be a six-game series at best. And then I want to see Golden State, Cleveland, and see what happens. Golden State wins in five. That's my prediction. If everybody's healthy, Antonio may be in six, but I'm predicting five. I think they'll win. They'll beat the Warriors, and they'll beat the Spurs in five, and they'll beat the Cavs in five. Four best. I just hope that when Golden State goes to Oklahoma City, that Oklahoma City pounds them. That's all I care about. And I hope Pachulia, what a coward Cantor is. If someone did that to my teammate, I'd have just came from behind, just pushed him to the ground. Send a message. Get suspended for four games. Westbrook will pay for it. I don't mind the foul. I mind the look to stare down. Don't stare at me now. So stare, I'll knock you out. What are you going to do? Uh, Australian Open's going on. Djokovic is out. Uh, he got a new coach. Uh, how's that working out for you? <laughs> Tennis. But um, it's a little more open this year than usual. Federer got no chance. This is the fourth round, though. Warinka, Murray. Murray gets on my nerves. Hopefully he gets beat. Kerber looks good. Now we're reaching the second week of the uh, open. That's going to be some pretty good matchups coming up. I do not think Serena's going to win it. to win it just because I'd like her to be, you know, the American and all-time greatest and blah, blah, blah. But it's open. I, don't, I think Murray's the number one seed, but I don't believe in his talents. Tennis is such a mentally tough sport, and you have to be mentally and physically tough. You're grinding it out there, man. Five hours. On the men's side, it's tough. Usually, there's not a lot of upsets early. 
Murray plays Zverev or whoever. I mean, Federer's going to play Nishikori. That would be a good matchup. There'll be some good matchups. While Rinka's going up against Seppi, that'll be decent. Songa versus Evans. I don't know what that's all about. Songa should win that. Third round matchup still ahead of us. Nadal's still out there. Ferrer's out there. He's not very good. Roenick's decent. See if it's his turn yet. Of course, the American men are struggling. I like Dimitrov, but he always chokes late in games. We have some decent American women, but they can't seem to turn the corner outside of Serena. Kerber looks good. She plays Bandaway in American next. That'll be a fun matchup. I don't know if Serena's got it. She's getting older. She's getting injury prone. Venus is going up against, I think, Barthel. She should win that, you would hope. In the fourth round. Some third round matches still to go. We had some good Americans and they're just not getting it done. Wozniacki goes against Ponta, I think. Going up against some gal named Gibbs is not easy. Serena's not ranked number one, by the way. She's ranked number two. That what you think would be motivation. 24-year-old... Uh, out of the Baltimore Ravens organization retiring because of injury. He gives a neck problem. He says, I'm out. Can't blame him. So the NBA is a bore fest. You can always look at the schedule and see that you might have this or that, but I mean, it's just, it's, the main games are done. I'm, only one I'm waiting for now is Golden State at Oklahoma City. College basketball is great. You never know who's going to win. Great teams. Great. It's going to be balanced this year, man. Who knows who's going to win? I mean, I could see, I could make a case that that Indiana gets to the Final Four. I mean, there's like 15 teams I could see getting to the Final Four. I mean, any of these. Villanova, Kansas, UCLA. Gonzaga, maybe. Kentucky, for sure. Baylor for sure. I could see West Virginia, Carolina, Florida State. I could see Oregon. I could see Louisville. I could see Baltimore. They've done it before. Arizona's got some game in them. Notre Dame, Virginia's got great defense. Wisconsin's gotten there. Duke is 18. Florida, Xavier. And there's there's team. Anybody these teams can get on a run, and they got enough talent to win it. I still think Kentucky and Carolina are going to be in there. And Carolina's ranked nine. I think probably Kansas. And if I had to say today, I'd probably throw in uh, UCLA. But who knows? One injury, one bad game, one foul trouble situation, and you're out. One hot, you face one dude who just goes nuts and he's hot. It's over. The NBA. Because you're not going to find four games where you're playing out of your mind. You might get one. Why the tournament's the best. I told you my idea in the NBA, have a mid-season, get rid of the All-Star game, have a mid-season tournament where everybody plays one game, win or lose, and you move on. NCAA style. 
get rid of the All-Star game, give them, a, give them like a full week off and play those games. One game per day. They even go two games per day sometimes. Like a NCAA tournament format, one game a day, neutral location. But what are you going to do? And that make them billions of dollars. So why not? That's all the that's all the NBA cares about making money. Well, there you go. There's your money. All right. There's nothing else to talk about. I blabbed on enough. Enjoy the weekend because it's gonna be great games. I think these will be fun games. Four great quarterbacks. Two favorites, but the two underdogs can easily win. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a great day. Some great college basketball. Well, I didn't go into that, did I? I think there's great college basketball this weekend. Schedule here. Let me pop it up. But pretty soon we're going to have the Saturday night games that everybody just can't wait to see. There's tons of games. Carolina, Boston College, not a great game. Syracuse, Notre Dame, not a great game, but they're all great games. A, a, a headliner, Louisville at Florida State, 2 o'clock ESPN. Georgia Tech at Virginia will be a fun game. I expect Virginia to win, but Georgia Tech, can they can do some things. Butler at DePaul, Fox Sports 1. Marquette at Creighton, Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports owns that, that league. Arizona at UCLA, that's a big one. CBS, 4 o'clock Eastern. That's a fun game. Arizona at UCLA. I don't think UCLA's had too many challenging games. They're one and one in those games. Beat Kentucky at Kentucky, lost at Oregon at the buzzer. That's the headliner, I think, Arizona at UCLA. There's games on all day between ESPN 3. South Carolina at Kentucky will be a decent game. That's on ESPN. Stanford, Oregon. West Virginia at Kansas State. My Air Force at UNLV. Yeah, so you got to play your favorites, right? Portland at Gonzaga, Blowout City. Gonzaga will be undefeated going into the tournament. Miami at Duke. Watch, watch ESPN all day Saturday. But that CBS game, the game at UCLA games on CBS. Pepperdine, St. Mary's late at night. Montana, Sac State. Long Beach State at Cal Poly on ESPNU. Wow. i have to watch that. Another alma mater. So college basketball, great. Great Saturday. Jeez Louise. Sometimes they used to have games on Sunday, too. Georgetown at Xavier on CBS at 2 o'clock. Arizona State, USC. Not a lot of great games. Not a lot of games in general. I think they anticipate the college, the uh, NFL game. Usually Friday's a dead day. It's like an Ivy League day or something. There's hardly anything on today. Canisius at Quinnipiac. That's the only game not on ESPN3. Of the other 10. So, great college basketball weekend, like always. Every weekend's going to be great in college basketball now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I would say Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Five days a week, great college basketball. Thursday should be the NBA day. Friday is kind of a dead day, probably an NBA day too. But NBA is just hideous. So enjoy the weekend. Be smart. 
Don't drink and drive. Don't be an NFL player. Don't drink and drive. Make a difference in someone's life. Be a role model. Do the right thing. Nothing good happens after midnight. Just go home. Follow me on Twitter at Coach Dave Taylor. You can listen to uh, the podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes. Get real with Coach Dave Taylor. And uh, send me emails. I'm getting a lot of good emails. Taylor at yahoo.com. I know I went on a little bit of the soapbox today, but it's annoying. Felt I had to. We'll talk again after this weekend. We'll talk about the preview of the Super Bowl. Then I head to London. Then I head to Alaska. But I'll be back in between to watch the Super Bowl and then bang, back on the road. I'm leaving you with a song called Sparks by Beach House. Enjoy the song, everybody. And we will talk to you next week.